Thank you, Lord. Father, you are great and you are worthy of our praise. Father, today, Lord, that we, as we've come together in this place, we don't worship just uh, through ritual or routine. We worship you because you are great and you are greatly to be praised. We worship you because there's none like you today. We worship you because you are the one who's changed our lives, you've transformed us, and you are constantly making us into the image of Jesus. Lord, we thank you today that you are faithful. We thank you today that you are ever great. We thank you that your grace is always sufficient in our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you all this morning for your help. I hope this morning you've come with a hungry heart for the Word of God. I want to encourage you to take out your Bibles today. and We're going to go together to the Word of God in Psalm 19. We're going to spend our time together today walking through, actually this week and next week, we're going to spend our time walking together through uh, the Word of God together in Psalm 19. Thank you, Kelly, for your help. You know, we've been talking the last uh, few weeks about spiritual health. We are such a health-driven and health-conscious culture right now in America. There is no greater health that you and I need to be concerned about in our lives like spiritual health. Today, one of the topics we're going to begin to walk through today in Psalm 19, I would declare to you this today, that what you believe about the Bible has more to do with your relationship with God than anything else. You tell me what you believe about the Bible and I will tell you what you believe about God. You see, this book that I hold in my hand today, it is not just any ordinary book. This book that I hold in my hand today is a book that has lasted through the generations. It has withstood the skepticism of mankind. This book that I hold in my hand today, it has withstood generations cultures, times, trends, and fads. It has come through dictatorships and evil kings. It has come through times of testing and times of floods, if you will. It has remained the same. It was the Word of God, and it still is the Word of God. Men have come and men have gone, but the Word of God is still here. Can you say amen? amen? It will always be the same. Its pages are still bringing life to the lifeless, hope to the hopeless. Its pages have lifted up the fallen, brought healing to the broken and the bruised, its pages have brought the good news and set the captives free. It has been a lamp unto our feet 
And it still is a light for our pathway. It is the Word of God. My friend, you cannot be in great spiritual health without the Word of God in your life. If the Word of God has taken a back seat in your life, so has your spiritual health. You will never be more healthy spiritually than your commitment to the Word of God. For the Word is powerful. The Word is alive. The Bible, the Word of God, has a cause and effect principle. We see it all the way into Genesis and the account of creation. The Bible tells us that God spoke and the effect was creation. The creation of the world came as a result of God's spoken word. Friends, when you pick up your Bible, the word hidden away in this book has the very same power that it had back in the creation of the world. When God spoke, there was an effect. I declare to you today, God is still speaking through his word, and it has a powerful, life-giving effect in our world today. The question you and I must answer is that do you believe that his word has that kind of power for your life? Psalm 19, where we're heading today. We're going to primarily spend our time together in verses 7 through 14. But when you look at verses 1 through 6, you find they are a message in themselves. It's really a revelation of God about himself and his nature. Verses 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. When you and I look into the sky, you get the idea there is a God. God reveals himself in nature. When you look around the incredible things of this earth, you cannot deny there is a designer. You can see his handiwork all around us. You can see all the wonderful things of beauty. We're so blessed. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about how sin was the problem and how that the earth, the Bible says the earth is under the curse of sin and it groans and it's waiting to be uh, re restored and renewed in the right time. If it's under the curse, imagine what it will look like when it's free from the curse. If you think the world is beautiful today, you wait until the weight of sin has been lifted off of the earth and you're going to be blown away. We see its beauty. We see all the wonderful things about it. But I would declare to you, we may see God in its design, but you cannot know about his salvation in our lives without the word of God. Without his word, you cannot know there's a Savior. Beginning in verse number 7, God gives us a revelation of himself through the word. And this morning we're going to begin looking at this first thought. And we're going to consider this week about the transforming work of the word 
in our lives. I wish I had better words to describe to you. And so, uh, because I don't, I have to rely on the Holy Spirit's power today as I speak to bring divine revelation. I'm not talking, you know, you can go to any university today and, and they can bring out book after book after book and they'll say, this book has the power to get your life on course. This book has the ability to pave a right way for you. I declare to you today, my friend, this book is above every book. This book won't just pave your way. It is the way. This book will give you life. This book will give you hope. This book will give you something to hold on to when there isn't anything else around you. This book will bring you through. There is a transforming work that happens in your life and in my life through the Word of God. So today we're going to start looking at that. Look with me, if you will, Psalm 19. Let's read together, beginning in verse number 7. The law of the Lord is what? What is it? The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are what? Giving joy to your heart. The commands of the Lord are what? Giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is what? Enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are what? And all of them are righteous. Notice these words beginning in verse 10. They are more precious than gold. And I pray today that the Holy Spirit will begin to give you revelation in your life so that you will see the Word of God more precious than gold, more precious than anything on this earth. The most precious commodity you have in your life is the Word of God. It's more precious than gold than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is a great reward. How many of y'all like rewards? In keeping them there's a great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The psalmist gives us six thoughts on the effects of the Word of God in verses 7, 8, and 9. This is what the Word does. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. I can't tell you how many times that I've preached on a Sunday morning, and people will come to me that day or later that week, and they'll say, how did you know? I don't know, but the Word knows. 
It penetrates the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges. Notice this. Ooh, this is rough. It judges the thoughts and the attitude. Anybody ever had an attitude? Some of y'all look at your spouse and, yeah, you had it this morning. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. This is not just a book of antiquity. It's a book of relevance. It is a life-saving and redemptive work in its scope. The transforming work of the Word of God. You'll notice in verse 7 it says this, The law of the Lord. It's the law of the Lord. The law is the Torah, the common description of the Word of God. God's Word is the standard by which we measure everything in this life and the life that is to come. It's the law of the Lord. It is authoritative. It is the rule of God. The New Living Translation declares it this way, the instructions of the Lord. Law of the Lord, this is how life is to be lived in the kingdom of God. How many of you know God has a perfect will? It's how things are to be lived in the kingdom. These are the principles on how things are to be set up. This is the nature and the substance of God's way of doing things. We have our way, but how many of you know God has his way? How many of you know his way is right? How many of y'all ever made some mistakes doing it your way? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes we live the rest of our lives with the consequence, don't we, of our way. His way is perfect. You can read legal books. They will tell you how the society is to be set up. Those legal books will tell you how things are to function within a given society. The Word of God, the Bible... It tells us the characteristics of his will and his kingdom. It tells us how God responds to behaviors and the consequences that come from those behaviors. It is the law of the Lord. It is authoritative. And I want to tell you today, you must, as a believer in Christ, this is an issue. You must come to the place that you settle it. Because if you leave the Word of God up to your own opinion, the Word of God will never be any greater than your opinion. And how many of you know your opinion isn't always the best thing? I hear people often say, well, I believe this part of it, but this part of it I don't believe. The danger when the Word of God don't take offense here, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to be offended. The danger is when we bring the Word of God down to your level and we bring the Word of God down to where you say what's right and you say what's wrong with it and, and you say what's worth keeping in, you say what's worth getting rid of. How many of you, we don't have really anything at all. The word of God stay, the, mm, the word of God doesn't need you. I told you not to get offended here now. The word of God really doesn't need your opinion of whether it's right or wrong. The word of the Lord, honey, 
was here before you got here. And when you go back to the dust, the word of God will still be changing lives. Why? Because it's the word of God. It's the law of the Lord. You know, today you and I live in one of the, I wouldn't say one of, but I would say we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Paul and I, just a couple weeks ago, watched a, a documentary on George Washington. And in that, in that documentary on George Washington, there was a lot of talk about how our nation was formed and the, the battles that were fought so that you and I would have the freedom and the rights that we have today. Those men gathered together. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And in a room, they signed a piece of paper we know as the Declaration of Independence. That piece of paper was more than just writing on a piece of paper. It was an authoritative work for how you and I are to function as a society today. I would declare that we are a great nation because there was a great document that laid a foundation on which we've built. I would declare to you today, the greatest document that could ever be founded, you hold in your hand. It's one that will last through all ages. It'll still lead you in the dark nights. It'll still lead you in the difficult times. It'll still be with you when everybody else has left you. You'll read it. And one day, you may have read a passage a hundred times. All of a sudden, new light comes. It is alive. The Bible declares itself. It is alive and powerful. It is the law of the Lord. Friend, it is authoritative. I declare today, whether man believes it or not, and, and maybe you come today and and you say, Pastor, I'm not on the same page with you. That's all right. You don't have to be. But it will not change the word. The word is authoritative. Whether you accept its authoritative stand or not, it is authoritative. It is the law of the Lord. You'll notice then it makes a powerful statement following. The law of the Lord is what? What is it? What is it? Perfect. Perfect. How many things in this life do you know that are perfect? How many of y'all know sometimes we think we're pretty perfect? How many of y'all know we often believe our opinion is the right one and everybody else is wrong? You ever have one of those days where you're kind of going through the day and you're like, everybody else is crazy except me? Yeah. There's very few things on this earth that you and I could define as perfect but the bible declares about itself and i would say this the word of god is the only one that can make these declarations and stand behind it you'll notice that it says it is perfect it's complete it covers all the aspects of life everything that you and i will face in this life and everything we'll need answers to is in the law of the Lord. 
There's nothing in life that is not covered in this book. It is complete. It is perfect in totality. This is not a book where part of it is spot on and part of it's not. It is perfect in every way. Perfect from cover to cover. The Bible is perfect. It covers it all. In spite of popular opinion in the world today, I make this declaration to you. The Bible is 100% accurate in everything it asserts. It contains all the truth needed for human happiness. It has all the truth needed for joy in this life. It has everything needed from birth to death. 2 Peter 1 and 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. How? Through our knowledge of Him. Where do we get that? The Word of God. Through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and Goodness, this book has everything you need for living a godly life in Christ. There is nothing that is missing from this book. It warns you about things to stay away from. It leads you into everything that will increase joy and fulfillment in this life. James 1 and 25 says this, But whoever looks into the perfect, here we get that term again, the perfect law that does what? Gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they've heard but doing it here's the words we all like they will be blessed in what they do how many y'all want to be blessed hey man i kind of like blessing that's pretty good stuff those that continue in it not just continue in doing it you've not forgotten what it says but you do it they will be blessed in what they do. It goes on and says this, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing, refreshing, some of your translations may say reviving the soul. Refreshing the inner man. And we often think of refreshing as taking something that is depleted and restoring it back to its original condition. But this word here, refreshing, is more a picture of transformation. It totally changes you. It makes you into a new person. It brings you and I back into alignment with God and His plan. When I am refreshed, I'm renewed. I'm prepared for what is ahead of me. When I'm refreshed, I am empowered and I'm encouraged and I'm built up to move forward. The Bible, the Word of God, my friend, will transform your life. It will change you. It will mold you. It will make you. I shared the scripture earlier. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That happens through the power of the Word of God. 1 Peter 1 and 23 says, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. When you heard the gospel, the good news, and you put your faith in it, it brought change 
into your life. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. When you and I received the word, suddenly something happened and we were transformed. You were changed. You were a different person. You were born again. And it came about through the word of God. I want you to think for a moment about when you were saved. Think about the day. You didn't just find Jesus. Jesus found you. He went to where you were. You didn't have to come to him. He came to you and salvation to him. How many of y'all remember the change that took place in your life? We are transformed by the power of the word. Martin Luther, at the end of his life, said these words, I did nothing. The word of God did it all. I did nothing. The Word of God did it all. Friend, that's only, when we talk about, that's only the beginning though. That's good stuff. That's great stuff. But it's just the beginning of the journey. It works to bring us to salvation. But then the Bible says the Word of God is like milk. Milk causes us to grow. Hebrews says that milk causes us to grow and causes us to be developed. The Word of God, my friend, refreshes us. It transforms us. It changes us and makes us into the image of Jesus Christ, God's Son. You'll notice the Word goes on. Verse 7, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Trustworthy. That's a word we're on short supply of in our world today, isn't it? Trustworthy. See, statutes are testimonies. The Word of God, its testimonies are trustworthy. Really, the Bible, if you will, is God's statement on Himself. It's kind of like if God were to write an autobiography, it'd be called the Bible. These are God's thoughts. If you want to know what God thinks, here it is. If you want to, who? If you want to know what God thinks about even political things going on in the world, here, here it is. You want to know what God thinks about abortion? Turn off the news and pick up the Bible. If you want to know what God thinks about abortion, turn off Facebook, pick up the Bible. You can trust it. You can build your life on it. His word is sure. His word is solid. His word is secure, 1 Peter 1 and 24. People, people are like grass. Their beauty is like the flower of the field. But the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever.
I want you to think about that for a moment. Paul and I were walking up by a building yesterday, and we walked by a bush, and I said, look, there's bugs on the bush. Spring's coming, folks. Spring's on its way. Isn't it amazing what it does to everybody when it gets a beautiful sunny sky like yesterday, and it's not long until you see the brown grass start turning green again? And it's not long until you walk by the sidewalks and up next to the house and you see these flowers have been dormant during this period and they're starting to break through the soil. And it's not long until the blooms are out and the beauty and the fragrance. I love walking by those hyacinths. And man, you can smell that stuff for a long way. They are so incredible and fragrant. And it won't be long till you know, when many years ago, Paul and I lived, uh, there was a house that was right here where I'm standing. And this whole backside of the property over here was all lilac bushes. And we would open the windows in spring, and the smell of lilac would literally fill our house. It was beautiful. But I will tell you something. 27 years later, you walk out there now, there's not so much smell now. Because the bushes aren't hardly there anymore. What was once beautiful and growing and mature is dying off. Things of this earth, my friend, are temporary. They're, they're here for a season. James describes it this way. Your life is like a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. Everything's short on this side. Everything else will change. But he says this, the word, the word the word of the Lord remains forever. Forever. Say forever. The word of the Lord remains forever. In this world in which you and I find ourselves today, there are not many things you can trust in. The Bible. This is the one thing you can trust. The God, the creator of everything, this is his word. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Notice he continues on and says they are trustworthy and here we find their cause and effect. Making wise the simple. Taking those things that are simple. Making them wise. Taking those things that don't have wisdom and giving them wisdom. All of us at one time or another have been in a place we didn't know what to do. The Bible will make you wise. In the world where people don't know which way to go, friend, here's your answer. The title of these messages that I, that I put on paper was Faithful Guide. It's a faithful guide. Others will leave you, it will not leave you. Others will abandon you, it will not abandon you. You may say, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know how to live for God. Here's your answer, my friend. It will make you wise. It will change you into a person of wisdom. Now, now to, to better help us understand what it's saying, making wise of the simple that word simple in the original language gives us the picture of an open door now at your house 
Not many of you leave the door wide open all the time, do you? You don't know what to walk in through the door. At my house, I don't even leave the back door to the garage open because I don't know, I may come back and I can have a deer standing in my garage. I can have raccoons standing in the garage. I have possum in the garage. You know, Colton, Colton, today is Colton's first day in Indianapolis. And a few months back, Colton came to the office. He said, you'll never guess what happened. Like, what happened? He goes, we left the door open in the garage. He said, you'll never guess what was in my helmet, my, my motorcycle helmet. I'm thinking, what in the world? He said, a possum crawled up in my motorcycle helmet. He could tell the story way better than I can, but nonetheless, it will bring joy to your heart as you laugh with him. You see, when you leave a door open in your life, anything can come in. Now, at our homes, what we do is we close the door, and, and we don't even just close the door, we lock the door, don't we? And some of y'all on your front door, you've got one of those little little glasses that you can look through. People can't see you, but you can see them. And now we've got really fancy, and you've got your little ring device there. And, you know, you can be at the Walmart, somebody's at your front door, and you can see them and talk to them. We keep the door closed. We keep the door closed. You see, when we close the door, what we're saying is, I want to have the ability to control what comes in and goes out in my life. That's the Word of God. The Word of God helps you and I to determine what we're going to let into our lives. It is able to make you wise. You'll notice he continues on in verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right. How many of y'all ever thought you were right before? How many of y'all in your state of rightness got proved wrong? Man, isn't that bad? That's really bad. That's really bad. Because if you're like me, I make a pretty bold claim with my rightness. And when you do that, your wrongness really gets highlighted. But the Bible says about itself, God makes the declaration of himself. The precepts of the Lord are right. They are principles. They're how things are to be laid out. These are laws that God has put in motion and God has put into order. God has set natural laws. God has set moral laws. God has set spiritual laws laws. These are things that he has set in, in, in order and they are concrete. How many of y'all have ever experienced the law of gravity? The law of gravity is when you're up here and the next minute you're down there. You see in an airplane we can often, we can, Josh, we can balance the law of gravity if we have the law of lift and thrust working with us but as soon as you run out of fuel, guess what happens? Law of lift and thrust go by the wayside and law of gravity takes over again. It's because it's a law that God has put in motion. You can deny it all day long. You can stand on top of a 12-foot ladder and say, I do not believe in the law of gravity and jump off. And guess what's going to happen? 
law of gravity is going to give you a reminder. You can say all day long, well, I, you know, my opinion is I think everybody ought to come up with their own description of what the law of gravity is. Well, have fun with that, but it's still, at the end of the day, it's still going to take you to the floor every time. Because it is a law that God has set in motion. Do you understand that? In our world today, we, man has puffed himself up so, so highly to say, well, you know, in my mind of reasoning, I don't see it the way y'all see it. But it doesn't change the law. Today, when you leave this place, how many of y'all are getting hungry? It's all right. You can raise your hand if you're getting hungry. You're getting hungry right now. The belly's talking to you, and you're thinking, man, I've got to have that food, and I need it right now. And you say, I know that the law says when I drive through Gas City, it's 25 miles an hour. I know it. But right now, my belly is telling me my hunger is more important than the law of speed in Gas City. And so I'm going to drive a little bit quicker. You can do that. You see, you can do it, and you could just, you could drive down through Gas City saying, oh, look how right I am, and, and how the law of 25 means absolutely nothing to me until you get the attention of somebody who cares. You could just keep driving. He's behind you. The lights are on. And now you went far enough. The sirens are coming on. And you're thinking, we're having a party going through downtown. And you could just say, you know what? I'm still hungry. I don't care what speed is. I'm still hungry. And you just keep on driving and driving and driving. And eventually, if he can't get your attention, they'll get a couple more to come and join the party with you. And they'll make sure that you get stopped. See, the law is the law. No matter what I think about the law, it's still the law. It's the law of God. You and I may not agree with the laws, but it doesn't change the laws. God's laws, my friend, will set you on the right path. The precepts of the Lord are right. You'll notice it does it just makes a blanket statement. They are right. It doesn't say 99.9%. It doesn't say they're right in this case. The precepts of the Lord are right. They show you how to do this life. They show you how to do this life as a husband or a wife. They show you how to do this life as a man or a woman. Now you can choose to say, I do not believe the laws, but it will not change the laws, for they are laws. Notice this, it says the precepts of the Lord are right. What do they do? Giving joy to the heart. Giving joy to the heart. To the heart. Jesus said in John 13, My prayer is that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The Word of God brings joy. If you want joy, I want to encourage you to get the Word in your heart. If you want joy, invest yourself 
in the Word of God. The precepts of the Lord are life-giving. They encourage your heart. They build you up and bring you joy. Why? Because they are right. How many of you know when you do things right, it goes well? If you do things wrong, how many of you know it doesn't always turn out so good? Precepts of the Lord are right, and the byproduct is they give joy to the heart. Psalm 119, 111, your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I am determined, this is a powerful one, I am determined to keep your decrees, friends, to the very end. Lord, I want that to be the prayer of my heart. I want to keep your decrees all the way to the end. Not for a season, not for a year, not for a decade, to the very end. Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. When you read the word, friend, it strengthens you. It revives you. It renews you. It gives you joy. You read the word and God through the Holy Spirit causes the scripture to stand out to minister to you, and it puts joy in your heart. I would make this declaration when we talk about this in light of spiritual health. When you and I neglect the word, it is to our own detriment. You see, have you all ever taken a vitamin? Yeah. Paul and I, we just, we ordered some stuff this week to start taking and the, the purpose is to get healthier and to feel better physically. But the Word of God is not like a vitamin. See, a vitamin, I can actually live without it. Have y'all ever watched those infomercials and they talk about how wonderful your life's going to be when you get this product and you buy it, you pay two payments of $19.99, and if you order the next five minutes, you get another one for just the cost of shipping. And you buy it and you say, I'm going to be healthier, I'm going to feel better, it's all going to be good. You get it, you take it, you feel absolutely nothing. See, you can live this life and not take a vitamin. That's not like the Word of God. I would more define the Word of God almost like the blood that courses through your veins. See, I can't live without it. I, 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 I can try. But I can't live without it. As a believer in Christ, I make the declaration to you today, you cannot live this Christian life in effectiveness without the Word of God in your life. You can try otherwise. It'll be to your own detriment. You need the Word of God in your life. You need the Word of God in your life. You need the Word of God in your life. If you make it through the day and you don't get anything else done, I want to encourage you, put the Word of God in your life. This past week, Paul and I had one of those weeks that all of us have from time to time, and it seemed like we got up, walked out the door, and walked back in the door, and it was time to lay back down again. Just kind of one of those crazy weeks. And, and we both came to the point, we were, we were chatting together the other night, and it just... I'm, I'm just being real with you. We had, we had three or four days, and we, because of our crazy schedule, we had not gotten into the Word. And we both had that, had that 
feeling on the inside, I'm missing something. I've got, I've got to have it. I've, I just, I've got, no matter, if, if, if tomorrow, nothing else. If the trash keeps building up and the laundry keeps building up, I've got to have the Word of God in my heart. I've got to have the Word of God in my life. Friend, it will change you. It will change you. It will change you. It will change you. I have to pray today for divine revelation because there are no amount of Jerry words that can bring that to your life the way that it's intended. But the Holy Spirit, I believe, the Holy Spirit can speak in ways that I can't. This morning, morning, I wanted to close the service. It's I don't know in all the years I've done, I don't think I've ever done this before. This morning, as we bring this to a close, I, I am so I am so convinced that we need the Word of God in not just an ordinary way, in a new and a fresh way. You and I live in a world today that is filled with so much controversy and, um, boy, so many things being turned upside down and, you know, fear right now. Everybody's afraid of the coronavirus. And if they're not afraid of that, they're afraid of what's happening in Washington. And uh, some of y'all got probably some not-so-good news this week when the stock market, everybody was dancing and now some of them are mourning because of what's happening in the stock market due to the coronavirus. So much uncertainty. There's never been a time in my life that I'm more convinced you and I need the Word of God in our lives. And friends, please hear, I'm not talking about I've, I've got it, I carry it under my arm, I've got it on my, you know, got it on my phone and, 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 and I've got it it's kind of like being on a ship that's going down and on the walls of the ship you have life preservers but they're still hanging on the wall while the ship's going down can I tell you yes we live in a great country today but we're towards the end of time and the ship's on its way down, friends. We need the Word of God to keep us. We need the Word of God to sustain us. And my prayer for you, oh Jesus, my prayer for you is that you and I together will have a fresh revelation of how desperate we are in need of the Word of God in our life. Listen, this is not a sermon about guilt. This is not a sermon of, of you got to do more works. The Bible's not about works at all. The Bible is about preserving my life by keeping me. If you ever experience the power of the word in your life and then you go through a season without it, you'll understand fully what I'm talking about. 
the Word of God in your life. Chloe, would you come? Um, I know today, um, in, in the day of technology, we don't, a lot of us don't carry our Bible the way we used to have, and, and I, oh, fine, that, I'm, I don't fuss with that. Some of you still have your Bible and you carry it. Some of it you got on your phone or your iPad or your whatever you, you had, your electronic device. Today, I'd like to, I'd like to close this time with a few moments of words of blessing of the Word of God into your life, coupled with a commitment that you and I make to the Word of God. It's, uh, would you mind standing with me? Not just because it's time for me to be done, but really as a, um, I'm asking you to stand today based on honor uh, and seriousness for what we're doing. Uh, if, if a world leader were to walk in the room, we'd all stand up. When we have a wedding and the bride walks in, everybody stands up. The Word of God is here, and I think it's worth us standing up. Um, if you're comfortable with this, if you're not, man, listen, friends, there ain't no guilt here. Uh, I'd like to ask you, if you have your Bible in this form or... Um, if you don't, and it's on this form, you can use either one. I'm going to ask you to do something. Your heart is, is right here, centers the core of your being. I'm going to ask you to take your Bible or your, if it's an electronic device, you can hold it there. Ain't nothing sacrilegious about your phone held to your heart. And I want to speak today words of blessing of the Word of God in your life, and then... After I do, I want us to pray a prayer, and you're going to pray it in your own way, okay? I, I will lead us, but in your own way, I want you to pray a prayer of commitment today. And it might sound something like this, Lord, I commit my life to the Word of God. Maybe today, maybe you say, you know what, Pastor, my, my Bible's gotten dusty on the shelf. I need to get it back out. So maybe your commitment today is going to be, Lord, it's been dusty in my life. I want your word to be a part of my life every day that I live. I want your word to be a part of me. I want it to change me. I want it to mold me. Lord, I commit myself. I give myself to learning the word of God, memorizing the word, having the word of God in my life. And so... However those words are for you, you, you pray your own prayer. First of all, I want to speak some words of blessing because I believe there is power in our spoken words. I declare over you today that the Word of God will be a lamp to your feet and it will be a light on your pathway. I declare over you the word of God will bring joy to your heart, joy 
to your life. I declare everything about you may change, but the word of the Lord will remain forever in your life. I declare the word of God will be your life breath. It'll be, it'll be your daily bread to nourish you and strengthen you, equip you protect you, guide you, guard you, keep you. The Word of God will sustain you through everything you face in this life. I declare for you the truth of the Word of God will always be trustworthy. You can count on it bank it. You can build your family on it. You can build your finances on it. You can build your joy on it. You can build your marriage on it. You can build the entirety of your life on the truth of the Word of God. I declare for you today, it will always be trustworthy in your life. I declare today over you that no matter the length of your days, it will always remain. I declare for you today, no matter what changes in your life, the word of God will never change. It will always remain the same. With your Bible there by your heart, would you bow your heads? As I'm going to pray this prayer, I'm going to encourage you, friends, to pray your own prayer today. Just talk to the Lord. You can. He's here. He's listening for you today. So I encourage you to just talk to him today. Tell him what you desire from the word. Tell him today your commitment to the word of God. Do that now, I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as you hear us today, Father, I pray today, I commit myself to the Word of God. I commit myself as a faithful keeper of your Word. I dedicate myself, Lord, any other things in life I need to study, take second place to your Word. Anything else I need to learn in my day-to-day -day life will become second to the Word of God. I declare today and I commit today the Word of God will be the foundation on which I stand. I declare today the Word of God will be the life preserver that holds me up through every part of my life. I declare today the Word of God to be a sure foundation for my life and I dedicate myself to learning, to reading, to bringing in the Word of God into my life. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, you will fulfill it in my life and in the lives of every person in this room today. Lord, I trust you, and I'm depending on you for this. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. Friends. I want to just encourage you something before you leave. There'll be some folks that may say to you, I don't believe that you have to read the Bible every day to go to heaven. 
And I would tell you, I don't believe you have to read the Bible every day to go to heaven either. But it'll sure help you on the way to heaven. See, the truth is, I could take off today and head east and say to myself, I'm going to find Washington, D.C. I'm just walking. Why? Because I know it's east of where I'm at today. Well, I'll get there, but it sure may take me a very long time. The Word of God will guide you. It'll direct your steps. In fact, so much it declares of itself, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I want to encourage you. Find a place for the Word of God in your everyday life. Not for uh, a duty, not for a to-do list, because it will change you. It will strengthen you and equip you. It will help you. Father, I pray you'll fulfill these words. I pray you'll fulfill your word in our lives. I pray you will bless these incredible people. And I look forward, God, to everything you're going to do in our lives. I believe the power of the word is going to be a greater force in our church and in our homes and in our marriages. It's going to change us. And I believe it and I stand on it. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Friends, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you, cause his face to shine on you. Have a great week this week. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you.